Welcome to the State News Music Podcast, or Snoozic Podcast for short. Uh, I'm Matt Schmucker, uh, here with Jameson Draper. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, it's Jameson, back at State News. Uh, it's been like about a year since I've been here, Matt. Yep. Uh, Jameson's a former State News writer, now does some music writing freelance, and cool guy. What we have on, on the list for today. First, we're going to be doing some album reviews, where me and Jameson will talk about the biggest or best albums that have come out recently, and we're going to review them on a scale of 1 to 10. Then we're going to be talking about some, uh, just having a conversation about some music news. Like today's topic is going to be uh, what were the best albums of 2018 or like our favorite albums, really. Uh, I mean, I have the correct opinion, so those are the best albums, but these will be our favorite albums, so <laughs> feel free to disagree with us uh, at any point. We missed a whole year, so we got we yeah. got to review those albums. <laughs> yep. Uh, with all that said, let's start today's podcast. All right, let's jump into section one for this episode with some album reviews. Uh, on today's list to talk about, we have The Wizard by Future, we have Birdie or Bounty by Sada Baby, and we have Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Uh, let's start off with Future. Uh, Atlanta rapper Future released The Wizard this January after releasing uh, Beast Mode 2 mixtape last year. Let's talk about this one, though, The Wizard. Uh, Jameson, what are, what are your thoughts on The Wizard? Well, I'm, I've been a huge Future fan, but The Wizard almost felt like not explicitly stated, but almost like the end of an era for Future. Like it was amazing, it was great, but he he sampled himself from a lot of old projects that he did from like Honest, from Fifty Six Nights, a lot of stuff, and almost felt like he took all those styles and, and different flows, different production from all those projects, put it all in one, The Wizard, and and he, it was a great project. It was it was kind of like very seemed really contrived but i'm not even trying to use that in with a negative connotation right now like i just think it was awesome he did a really good job um the production was great and and really um i think this album is going to stand the test of time i mean coupled with the documentary that came out with it which was awesome i don't know if you saw that the, I, I missed it the wizard documentary was awesome um but i I, re- I really liked it i'm a big fan so i don't disagree with a lot of what you said. Um, I, I thought this album was an, another great step for Future, especially after Beast Mode 2, which was a, a great project last year that, I mean, honestly really didn't miss all the way through. Um, favorite songs on this uh, on this project. What do you have for your favorite songs? I'm a huge fan of the uh, opener, Never Stop. I really liked that one. And then throughout the project, I really liked FNN. That was really, really aggressive production I really liked. Uh, Temptation was totally like you know soulful future, um, classic future that, that I think really sets him apart from the other artists of this generation. Um, Call the Corner I really liked, and then towards the back end of the album I really liked Crazy but True. Those were those were my favorite songs. Yeah, so I I do agree. FNN I think might be the best song on the project. I I absolutely love it. Um, also great on this project. Um, I love Future with Young Thug and Gunna. Um, the, the pairing of those artists, just the three guys that can get as melodic when they want to and as rappy as the, when, when they want to as they can is such a great combination. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, what do you give it? I give it an 8. Really good. I don't know. Probably not a classic. I feel like it's more for future fans that just want to relive how great he has been. But I give it an 8. It was very solid. Uh, I, I think I'm going to be one notch lower than you at a 7. Just because, again, I don't think it's quite as good as a lot of... Future's best albums, but I mean to say it's bad is just not right. 
Okay, so our next project we're talking about is Bardier Bounty by Sada Baby. It's a mixtape that dropped January 25th. Um, it's Sada Baby's second full-length project. Back in the end of 2017, he released uh, D.O.N. And that got pretty, it was pretty well uh, received, but he didn't release like anything but SoundCloud singles and a couple here and there singles, including the huge Block Party, which was critically acclaimed in 2018. But he, was, he was, wasn't that busy in 2018, and he spent a lot of the time working on Bardier Bounty to Drop, and honestly, it delivered for me. I want to hear what you think about it, because Sada Baby is one of rap's like hottest young artists, and I feel like there's a lot of very strong opinions about him, whether you love him or hate him, so I just want to hear what you have to say, because you seem to pretty have a pretty level head about these things. I, I try. Uh, okay, so I feel like the, the label up-and-coming artist gets thrown around a lot, and I feel like a lot of the people it gets thrown to don't really do a ton to separate themselves and like actually grab my attention like I listen to so many projects that say up-and-coming artists and they're just boring but this is not one of those projects Sada Baby is an attention grabber he's exciting he's dynamic and it shows all the way through the project Sada Baby I think Sada Baby at his best is when he's at his scariest the moment on uh, Mutombo where he kicks it into high gear and just starts screaming it's loud and it's in your face and it takes the energy of the, of the song up several several notches i saw a tweet somewhere that was like every sada baby song makes me want to drive my car off a bridge without a second thought and i'm like that's a pretty good description yeah. like it just gets it's so energetic favorite songs on the project for me were uh were mutambo i absolutely love that one um i thought uh dribble double is a highlight and oladipo right after it are pair of great songs i think the album or the tape that is starts off pretty good but i think it really kicks into high gear as far as energy goes and my favorite tracks are kind of in the middle i really like dumbass i like honest i think honest is like a radio could be a radio hit and i really liked oladipo as well but i think the best song that people aren't paying attention to a lot on this is anti-melody which is on the early part of the album. It's a surprising Sada Baby song. Yeah, it didn't it didn't hit me hard the first time I heard it, but I talked to Sada Baby when I was interviewing him for um, a article I did for Juicebox Collective uh, about a month ago, and he said that was his favorite song. So of course, if it's the artist's favorite song, I gotta go back and check it out. I the more I listen to it, the more I realize that he's got a lot more versatility than people understand. Like the melodies in that song just sometimes blow me away. Like you just want to hum along with it that second half. It just rides. That's probably my favorite song in the whole project. Scale of one to 10, what are you giving it? I give it an eight because I tried to keep a level head about it because I loved this project. I'm a huge Sada Baby fan. And I think, you know, the strong opinions about him speaks to the fact that he's so polarizing, which is I think going to be the key to his success. But I tried to keep a level head, you know, it's still early on in his career. I still think he needs a little bit of work, you know, with um, his versatility. As like, Anti Melody was a great song. He tried a couple other things that didn't really work for me on the album, especially the first song with Hoodridge Pablo Juan. was super excited for, but it wasn't my favorite. It was a little bit, you know, he could do a little bit of work. So I give it an 8 out of 10 as really good, but I'm excited for what's to come to be even better. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree on this one. I think Sada Baby gets an 8 for this, just because people's, like, debut project, and I know it's not a debut project, but first project that garners a lot of attention like this is such a hard label to uh, to live up to, and I think he does on this one. Gets an 8 for me. All right. Moving on to our next album, uh, Ariana Grande is, like, the pop star right now. Uh, fresh off a Grammy win for her 2018 album, Sweetener. Uh, her 2019 album, Thank You Next, came out this January. Uh, what did you think of it, Jameson? 
I'm a big fan. Is it, what is it called? Ariana Army? Is that what they're called? I don't know. I think. The fans. I don't know. Um, it's been a really highly publicized past six to eight months for Ariana Grande. And what a lot of things happen to artists like this is they, they have these huge pressures around them, all this publicity, and they don't really deliver or they even collapse. You know, things happen. I think Ariana Grande thrives in an environment where all the attention's on her because she dropped this, and, and, man, I think she really delivered. Thank You Next is, I'm not going to say it's a perfect album because it's not a perfect album, but this album has a lot of really good songs going for it. And honestly, even the ones that um, that are not the singles on here, because it has two enormous singles already in Thank, Thank You Next and Seven Ranks. But I think the best song on the tape is NASA. I, it, it's, it's track three on the track list, so it's kind of hiding behind Thank You Next, but... I think that's it's a fun song, uh, and honestly, the album's the album's full of fun songs. Well, that's what's so great about it is that I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into making an album specifically crafted for radio success, and a lot of the times those albums are nowhere near perfect. And this album is not close to perfect, but it's a really good album for what it was crafted for. It was able to you know strike both the radio side and strike the actual. There's a lot of good songs on this side and the singles are awesome the singles are honestly my favorite songs i mean i really like nasa i was going to mention that too nasa the songwriting is really good on that song she's killing it and i just think you know it's hard to deliver when the expectations are so high but she's doing it and i i really like thank you next scale of one to ten when you give it i give it a seven i really liked it honestly i really did i just again i don't think it's perfect um it still you know has that radio side to it and she did steal Soldier Boy's Pretty Boy swag flow. She absolutely <laughs> did. So, but I guess if you're going to steal it from somebody, it might as well be two, circa 2009 Soldier Boy. So, 7 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on the 7. Um, o- the only reason it's not, honestly, far higher in, in my personal scale is just because I it's not in my typical wheelhouse for what I play. But it's, it's a great pop album. So, I, I'm all here for it. 7 out of 10. And we made it to section two, where me and Jameson will give our favorite five albums from last year, and uh, we're going to fight about what goes where, at least a little bit. (laughs) Um, Let's start, though, really quickly, Jameson. uh, What did you want to put in your top five and not find room for? What are are your honorable mentions? Well, as you know, Matt, I'm very partial to Mm hip-hop. So a lot of the times my opinion gets clouded, and I want to put some of my favorite hip-hop concept projects in the rankings. But And although they're great for what they are, I just had to take a step back and be like, you know, maybe these aren't top top five albums of the year. Like, one that I really, really like that we were talking about is um, 777, the key Kenny Beats collaboration uh, project. And another one that I did that begrudgingly I took off was um, Championships by Meek Mill. I feel like that's one that almost seemed like a given to be on there, but once I ran through my top five, I... I just didn't put it in there, man. That one's a surprise for me, for you, because I think when we did this the last time for 2017, didn't you have Meek Mill way up on your list, and I didn't even put him top ten? I had wins and losses in my top five last year, and honestly, I think Championships is a more important album for Meek's career, but I personally liked Wins and Losses better. I thought Wins and Losses was an awesome album, but Championships was great, too. I had trouble not putting that in my top five, and maybe in, in a few weeks from now, as my tastes change, I'll regret not putting it in my top five. What about you? What, what did you want to put in there? All right, so, of course, I was mad I couldn't put uh, Championships in there, too. There's so many great songs on that album. On Me with Cardi B is, like, <laughs> it's 
I, I don't know that there's a song with a harder intro than that song has this entire year, but I uh, couldn't put that album in my top five. Wanted to put Astroworld in my top five and couldn't find the room. I'm, I'm going to catch some heat from that one. but uh, <laughs> Our former podcast mate, Corey, is going to be on you for yeah. that one. All right, let's get into our top five. Um, Jameson, what's your, what's your fifth album? Okay, my fifth album, I feel like I might get some heat for this because it's not a traditional like top five album of the year, but Slimeball 3 by Young Nudie. I love that. It was so many good songs. He has a history of working with Pierre Bourne for production, and there are a few great Pierre Bourne songs on there, but he kind of drifted away from that, found a lot of producers that didn't get a lot of shine that did awesome on the project, and um, he didn't really have any features on the whole thing until the Zone 6 remix with Black and Future came out, which was awesome. But I just think he just killed it with this album. I didn't play Young Nudie nearly as much as you did, I can tell. But it's a good album. It's worth a listen. Very not in my top five. (laughs) All right. Uh, My number five is on my top five list because I was looking at it and I was like, there is no way I can put this album outside of my top five. And it takes quite an album to do that. Uh, It's Daytona by Pusha T. It Pusha T. Um, I, you were arguing about this on Twitter. I, I I will say I think Pusha T was probably the best rapper of 2018. There, so do a lot of people. There was no way I was going to put him outside the top five. I, it's such a concise, tight track list. It's airtight. There are no misses. It's only seven songs. If you have a seven song album with a miss, come on. He's he's dialed in. He's he's great. So many great songs on this. Uh, if you know, you know the games we play. And of course, uh, Infrared, uh, which uh, I'm sure Drake wishes he never heard. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I'm not sure. Tr- when I was like getting this argument on Twitter the other day, which I got attacked for for hours and days, <laughs> but I didn't dislike the album. I really liked it. I thought it was a really good album. But just a seven-song EP to me, I just don't think for some reason. Maybe I'm wrong with this, but I just can never grasp it as like a classic. People are just, you know, slapping that classic title on it already. And there are some great songs, but in my opinion, it's good. It might even be great, but Pusha T's not the rapper, in my opinion, that he was back when he was in the clips. I went back and listened to Lord Willen and Hell Hath No Fury, those clips album, and it just blows my mind how good that, that those raps were. And they're still good, but I feel like he kind of almost coasts a little bit, which still speaks volumes, because if he's coasting and he's still regarded as the best rapper of the year, that's that's pretty impressive. All right, well, if you don't like short albums, you're not going to like the rest of my top five, but what's your fourth? Um, my fourth album is Negro Swan, Blood Orange. Um, I just think the elements he takes from, you know, jazz, funk, little bit of rock, little bit of hip-hop. It's just a potpourri of genres. Like, I can't even really explain what it is. I think Dev Hines of Blood Orange is one of the foremost, like, genius minds in music right now. Just watching him work and the, his compositions are just so interesting. They're not like anything else. I mean, I was a huge fan of Freetown Sound. I like Freetown Sound even better than this album. That was in my top five of 2015, 2016, whenever it came out. And Dev Hines himself just, I think, went crazy on this album. I just think he's super talented. He he kind of reminds me, not in musical style, but his aura and his talent level. Maybe not quite. I'm not trying to like push this agenda, but he just gives me a very Prince vibe. I'm going to let that one sit and introduce my number four. <laughs> I'm not saying he's as good as Prince or even nearly as close to as good as Prince. I'm not trying to say that, but that's just kind of that 
that feeling I get when I hear. I, I get what on. you're saying. Uh, my number four album is another short one you're going to hate. Um, here, here's my hot take is that uh, Kids See Ghosts was the better Kanye-produced album this summer. I Kid- completely agree. See, I feel like it's a hot take, and I can't decide because I've had people in my ear saying, no, Kidsy Ghost is definitely better, and I have people saying, no, Daytona is definitely better. Kidsy Ghost was a better album. Uh, <laughs> this is pulled straight out of 2008 Kanye West Kid Cudi, even down to the Murakami album cover. It's ridiculous. The Feel the Love, Kanye absolutely loses his mind on the intro track. Plus a great push of T verse on that album or on that song. Then later on the album with the closing track, uh, "Reborn," uh, Kid Cudi is is in rare form on that song. That song is a spiritual experience. We have not seen anything like that from Kid Cudi in a long time, and it's here on this album. No, that's the apex of Kid Cudi that we've been waiting for for ten years. Yeah, th- this was listening to this album. Uh, this was everything I hoped it would be. This was it. It was so nerve-wracking, especially after hearing Ye pre- prior in the year. But uh, this album did not miss. It is absolutely everything it needed to be. Yeah, I think that um, we got the Kid Cudi that we wanted back like in 2009, and we had vintage Kanye. As much as I hate the, the MAGA producer at this point, <laughs> uh, he killed it on this album, and I just think the chemistry was... Uh, undeniable yeah it's evident uh, yeah it was just it was great it was exa- it was more than i could have even hoped for way more than i expected more than i hoped for so much more than i expected <laughs> all right uh jameson what is your number three my number three album this year uh maybe I've, I've, if you follow me on twitter maybe you've seen it, i've tweeted about it but it might come as a surprise to a lot of people grammy winning golden hour by casey musgraves People, Casey Musgraves. <laughs> people are hating on me so hard for loving this album. And honestly, I didn't even know that it was up for a Grammy uh, until it won. I was blown away, but I think it was deserving. Um, people are hating on me because, you know, it's country. It's not really, there's nothing like too deep about it. But why does a great album need to be deep? You know, people love to look into albums so much, you know, and analyze the heck out of them. But. Golden Hour is really just an album about a woman, like a coming-of-age album for like someone in her mid-30s, you know, losing friends, getting in relationships, falling out of relationships, pondering her family life, you know. It's not that deep. There's not that much, but it's awesome. Her voice is great. Her songwriting is simple but very poignant, and the guitars and the pop sound of it is just great. It's really, really good. It's short, like 13 songs, but every single, there's not a skip on the whole thing. I love it. Definitely my favorite country album ever, but the bar is low. So funny hearing Casey Musgraves on your list, but I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for it. My number three, uh, slightly different album, uh, FM by Vince Staples. Uh, This is another short one, which I'm sure Jameson's thrilled about, but uh, this is largely Kenny Beats produced, but a uh, little bit of little bit of other production on here as well. Uh, FM is Vince Staples' little concept project. Uh, not not a full length album, but it's so it's so concise, it's so tight, and it's such a great listen. It it's short, it's compact, it's digestible, and it's such a clear concept. Like there you, you said about people looking into albums. Like, you don't have to dig real far into it. It's it's there. It's evident. He he did his work, and 
you you can see it even on like a first listen through it's great you're consistent man you were saying very similar things last year i i really liked fm honestly which is big for me because i've never been a huge vince staples fan i've never really just fully understood his appeal and even with this i didn't like it nearly as much as a lot of people did it's in a lot of people's like end of year list um i didn't love it i liked it but i think kenny beats really crafted a good sound for that album for vince staples that really fits him um so i have no problems with that on the list i think that's i think that's a great album for for you mm-hmm. not for me <laughs> all right what's what's your number two my number two is probably also going to have a lot of people questioning what i'm doing um but I loved it, and I think it's nearly perfect, is Big Boss in Volume 2 from quarter one of 2018 with Payroll Giovanni and Cardo Got Wings. And, you know, I, you know I'm always partial to these projects because I love Detroit rap. I love, you know, Payroll loves to pay homage to the history of Detroit rap and is very Detroit himself. And I love to see him working with a Grammy-winning producer now. Um, but I just think this was an awesome project from front to back. It was amazing. There were so many great songs. The whole aesthetic of the album was just, you know, totally Cardo. Um, fives and Sixes was one of my favorite songs of the year. I love that. I feel like if, you, if you've been listening to Payroll for a while, you know, back from his, even when, like, at the beginning when he was in Doughboy's Cash Out, is that he's always had a really good rap voice, really good um, delivery, you know, very aggressive. But he's improved his actual rapping his mc skills so much over the past five six years i listening to him now it almost feels like a different person it's just so good effortless you know it's just i I love it so much i still listen to that almost every day i could not agree with you more on this one just uh fives and sixes is a absolutely great song and also there's some great songs on here rap my way is great Mm -hmm. uh mail long is incredible Mm -hmm. uh stack it stash it is a great Mm -hmm. i mean like I think those are four out of the first five songs on the, like, that's a stacked first five songs. That run at the beginning, Rap My Way, Stack It, Stash It, Mail Long, um, Five and Sixes and Things. My Lifetime is also on the front end of that album. It's just incredible. And then my two favorite songs, Five and Sixes is by far my favorite, but on the second half of the album, In Me Not On Me, I think his flow on that song is is insane. Like, his delivery and his flow is so unique, kind of a little bit shifted, like, off the beat. But he just finds, like, a little, like, I, I don't know. That song is just amazing. That whole project is just amazing. I mean, I had a hard time not putting it number one. Only reason I didn't put it number one is because I feel like there's another project out there that we'll get to. It's a little bit more versatile. But I think Big Boss and Volume 2, especially for what it was supposed to be, was incredible. It was amazing. Excellent album. Uh, my number two, though, uh, is one that I absolutely had to put on my, put on my list. I, I think this album is actually... I'm going to say it's probably the thing I played most this year. There's a chance I actually played more Gunna this year, but Gunna's not on my top five list. Uh, my number two album is Swimming by Mac Miller. This album, just top to bottom, is absolutely incredible all the way through. I 2009 is just haunting now to hear. It, that, that song is... One, I Do I say... First or second best song for me all year. Um and then there's, uh, I mean, it, it's not just the slower Mac. We get, we get. Uh, I mean, I I think this is a thing I've mentioned before. Sad Mac can rap. Um, Jet Fuel is incredible, and we've got some uh, some more upbeat songs out of Mac on, on this album. We got uh, What's the Use? We got Ladders, both uh, incredible songs, and just entirely top to bottom. I I think that this is the album I played all the way through the most 
without a doubt this year. It was a great album. I'm a little bit falling victim, and I don't even want to be disrespectful, but I'm falling victim a little bit, so I feel like it gets a lot more shine because of what happened this year. I, I don't disagree with what you said. I don't think it gets nearly as much playtime from as nearly as many people if he doesn't die. But but I don't want that to beca- take away because from the fact it that it's got not that a great play, album. I think it gets I think it gets more deserved recognition. Honestly, I think it's good enough to warrant it. I can agree with that. I do think it was by far Max's best effort in his career. I I really did like that. Even when it came out, you know, I really liked the album. But it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't feel this way, but, you know, I was reading articles about it. It was really all the critics loved it right when it came out. And then, you know, everything happened, and people are like, this is one of, like, he, we lost an icon. You know, like, I just, why don't you treat people, give them their flowers while they can still smell them, you know? Absolutely. But, um, you know, the whole nominated for a Grammy thing, like, I would have loved to see it win a Grammy, but it would have never been nominated oh, it, for it, a it Grammy. Oh, it doesn't get the nominees. You know what I mean? But... I am glad you're right. You put it in a good in a good perspective because I am glad he, he does deserve this recognition. While it wasn't my in my top five of the year, it was an awesome album. I love when Mac really like, you know, he can rap for sure. But I love when he like focuses on the nuances of the, of the composition. It's such a cohesive project. sound, top to bottom, on this mm-hmm. album. It, uh, it flows together so well. Two thousand nine is the best song on the project and one of the For best sure. songs of the year. But my personal favorite is Small World. I Small lo- World is awesome. I love Small World. That's like. That that song hits hard for me. Yeah, if if I'm gonna pick a song on the album that I think deserves more playtime that it didn't get, I'm gonna say "Conversation Part One." the The production on that on that song is so unique and interesting to me. I cannot get enough of that one. All right, Jameson, what's your best album this year? I'm a huge fan. I've listened to his catalog, his huge catalog for how short his career has been twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty times over. And I'm really sad about what's happening to him. But as far as straight music goes, the best album of 2018 was God Level by O3 Greedo. What do you think? No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I think O3 Greedo, I was thinking about this the other day. The West Coast right now, in my opinion, is hip-hop's most lush region. I think there's so many, from like the, you know, people that are the way back OGs to the established big artists like Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, TDE, you know. Um, so, like, the independents, you know, Nipsey Hustle, to the, the DJ Mustards yeah, and, and YGs. And you've got guys that are up and coming, like yes, Greedo. You've what, got SOBRBE. You've got... Uh, Shoreline Mafia. Shoreline Mafia, Warm Brew. G Perico. All of them incredible. So the many, West Coast is ridiculous. There's right so now. many that I, I'm not just going to list them all off. I, I listen to so much West Coast. With all of that said about the West Coast, though, O3 Greedo was not the best project out of the West Coast. This yes, year. yes, 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 he is. Yes, it is. I was just saying, out of all, how great that region is, is that I feel like when we get these eras of great regions, we always have a lot of great artists, but there's like one or two in every region that just like automatically, not automatically, but they're icons. They're iconic. They're legendary. I seriously believe that about O3 Greedo. And even before his legal troubles, and you know, I know he's like kind of a martyr right now because he got locked up. But honestly, that's going on with a lot of big West Coast artists. You know, Blueface right now is facing he's felony facing, charges. Draco, Draco the Ruler is, and I believe this too. He says the LAPD is out to get him, and the person that he's charged with plotting on killing RJ has come out and said that it wasn't Draco. So uh, there's a, a rough spot still. there's a lot of turmoil on the West Coast, you know, and 
but I just think Greedo has that icon feel. Like just the things he does, he's so he does he follows his own path, but still people follow him. His melodies, he can spit, he can do so much. His beat selection is great. He's released like hundreds of songs in the past three four years, and there's like in my opinion like six bad ones maybe. As much as I disagree that this is the best album all year, I will say one of my favorite songs all year is the Never Bend remix with Lil Uzi, and that's just because I'm an Uzi stan, and I feel like that's a good disclaimer to have on that, but that song is so hard. It's so good, and the thing is that Greedo has come up with a lot of the great West Coast producers that are out right now, like Ron Ron the producer, Beat Boy, um, but he's also started to work with a lot of other producers on this project. He's got a song with Chase the Money, you know, he's got songs with Kenny Beats. You know, this this project, he really worked with everybody. Like, this was his real coming out party, God level. And I just think the type of songs that were on it and the things he said, like, Back to Jail, like, the ballad is, like, the timing of that with what's going on with him, you know, that he released God level, like, a day before he went to prison. Like, it's just, it's eerie almost. Like, one of those things, like, it was, there's, like, a there's like a predestined story here for, like, a predetermined story here for 03 Greedo. And I think he's already hit that icon status and he still hasn't even come out with like a classic album i think this is the best album of the year but it's still you know there's still things that he could work on i i really like this album personally but it hasn't hit that like where this album will be remembered as the best west coast album in time i i understand that but for what it is it is so good there's so many different things floating and conscience are two of my favorite songs floating is an insane song the the his like he's deaf in one ear and his knack for melodies is better than people who have like four ears dude i love it all right uh as great as all that is uh the actual best album of 2018 and i say this because it's my opinion and it's the correct opinion fair enough. is uh saba's care for me uh this is a project from saba he's kind of in like chances like i don't i don't know collective not it's not actually a collective but in that kind of group uh Saba's project, Care For Me, follows up uh, the Bucket List project from 2016, I believe. Um, this album hits. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty cohesive project about um, he's coping with his cousin's death on the project. The storytelling on this project, and I think it's the... I feel like I'm going to sound like when you were talking about Jirba last year. Uh, the storytelling on this project is insane. It's it's not the thing I listen to the most this year. It's not that kind of project. But listening to songs like Prom King and Heaven All Around Me and uh, Life it and Fighter, like Fighter even is an incredible story. It, Prom King is the best song on the album, if, if you ask me. But hearing him talk about uh, just the the stories aren't like, out of this world in terms of content, but he's such a just captivating storyteller that I could listen to the song to this album over and over and over and over and over again. It, this is without a doubt to me the best project all year. I completely disagree. I want to say that for first and foremost, but I'm not I'm not going to take the route of arguing because these two albums, um, God Level and Care for Me, are pretty much polar opposites on the spectrum of rap. Yep. So I think there's no use in fighting right now as much as I want to tell you how wrong you are. But what I will say is I can vouch for Care For Me as even though it was nowhere near my top five, it was a really good album. And going off what you said, how you remembered I talked about G Herbo's storytelling last year, is that with Saba, it's a very similar feeling I have in the way that you can be a great storyteller and still suck. 
But no, no, I'm not saying Saba does. I'm just saying that like what makes Saba and G Herbo so great is that the storytelling comes with a personality and an identity, you know, like yeah. you know it's them. He's got such a clear musical identity to go along with all of his storytelling. He, he's this melodic, all over the place rapper that is just, I mean, he, he like, I feel like he floats over all of his beats. It's ridiculous. I, I can't get enough of it. Yeah, I mean, it was nowhere near my top five and I didn't listen to it a ton this year. But Prom King was a, one of my higher played songs this year. I love Prom King. Um, and yeah, the storytelling in it is just is what makes it so great. But you have to have something to go along with the storytelling. His melodies are really good. You know, he's got a clear identity. Like when you turn on a Saba song, you know it's Saba. And there's a lot to be said for that, especially like still being able to make it good. You know, like finding your identity in an industry where it's so hard to break apart from the pack. You know, and he does that seemingly effortlessly. I'm sure a lot of thought and effort went into it, but... All right. This has been the Snoozic Podcast. Uh, in addition to this podcast, uh, Jameson and I put together a Spotify playlist with some songs that have been in our rotation lately that uh, we think you should listen to, and you can check that out on our Spotify page. I've been Matt Schmucker with... Jameson Draper, uh, Frio 3 Greedo. That's all I have to say. Signing off. Uh, this has been the Snoozic Podcast. <laughs>